Welcome to From the Heart with Daniel Groom and Dawn Lister of Anahata Yoga Centre, based in Leon C in Essex in the UK. Today we are joined with by Jane Wake. Jane Wake is a very, very special person to me. Jane um, was somebody I met when I was in my very early 20s, so three decades ago. Um, and I was just beginning my career in the fitness industry. I'd, I'd been obsessed with getting fit around that time and um, kind of actually was injuring myself all over the place. And I met Jane in her classes and she kind of turned the whole fitness industry on its head for me. And I went on to work for her, although she was she's very polite and she'll say that I did a great job, but um, I really didn't. I was a dreadful PA. I have no administration skills whatsoever. And Daniel will attest, I can blag my way into anything and out of everything, but I can't um, file. So, you know, that's where, that's where we are. But I'm sure, I'm sure we, we had some fun and we had some, we had some incredible times, which we, we, we will talk about, I'm sure. But that's how I met Jane. Jane um, was a very important person in the fitness industry at the time and still is. Um, she was always a forward thinker and somebody who um, looked at, at fitness in a much more holistic way, which back then people really didn't do. So um, Jane and I just reconnected very recently um, on Facebook and um, I saw a post that she put up about some of the stuff that's happening during COVID about the fitness industry and um, how we're being treated um, and specifically around how women are being treated. And I thought we have to talk. So we've been talking and we're going to produce this special bonus episode to talk about not just women in the fitness industry and in the well-being industry, but the industry itself and um, how we're coping through during the COVID epidemic and maybe how things could be better as we come out of it. That would be good to think about how things could change. So welcome, Jane. Thank you very, very much for that introduction. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Oh, so good to see you. And Jane is also a mother of two. She has two teenagers. Or is one just about to become a teenager? Is that yeah, right? one's 11. One's 16, yeah. one is 11. Yeah, so I've still got it slightly. She's my baby still. Oh, you're at that, that, she's at that age where she still likes you. Yeah, she does, but she's starting to get hormonal. So we're just starting. I can see the curve happening. Ooh. Yeah, it's just starting to happen. We have little moments. Um, but she always comes back and cuddles me afterwards, so it's okay. <laughs> Enjoy that. I love that. Mine all turned into like devils when they turned to about 13 and didn't speak to me till they were 20. Although you might you might be fine. You might, you know, you might be a much cooler mum than me. So you maybe you'll maybe be fine. I'll pray, I'll pray for you. Not that that'll do any good, but you know. So let's check in. How are we all doing? Daniel, how are you? What's happening in your world? Hi, I'm very well today. Thank you, Dawn. Um Got a bit of a sore throat today, but um, I'm sure that'll pass. Um, just had a really nice weekend, really indulgent weekend of not having to do anything at all. I read a book and that was about as much as what I did. I've been reading, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, um, it's called The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. And um, he's a guy from, you know, Pointless, that game show on the BBC Um, and he's just a really intelligent man Um, and he's written this book all about a retirement home and part one of the clubs at the retirement home is a group of four people who look at unsolved murders and it just so happens that a murder happens outside their retirement home so they've got a real murder to investigate but it's just kind of very English very kind of um, almost like Agatha Christie sort of styled, but it's just real escapism, really easy to read. And it's a bit like having a big hug, although it's about murder. It's kind of like, it's very familial and very kind of, you know, sort of that older generation of people um, that just make you feel all sort of warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> so it's a really good book. I'd really recommend reading it. I'm about three quarters of the way through. So. That sounds good. I love a murder story. And I know what you mean. There is something really comforting about it. And I don't know why, because it's quite dark. Unless it was, um, unless it's, there's some, some really dark, sick murder stories. I can't read them anymore. I used to when I was younger, but I can't. But I love an Agatha Christie or a murder. Yeah, it's very kind of in that vein of, you know, it's very, there's a lot of kind of 
it's really intelligent, but there's a lot of kind of innocence around it as well. And because they're, it plays a lot on their kind of interpretation of the modern world. So they don't really, you know, they're, they're using iPads, but they don't really understand what the iPad does necessarily other than to look at the internet, you know, and they don't realise they can all talk to each other on them. <laughs> and, you know, just just really lovely stuff like that, but actually probably reminds me exactly of what my man was like, you know, just this kind of, you know, almost stuck in a bit of a time warp, you know. <laughs> I so funny, my mother-in-law, um, she she obviously she just passed a few months ago and she um she when we got her an ipad two years ago she got obsessed with google earth and whenever we were on holiday she was convinced that if she because we'd put in our holiday destination in google earth so she could see where we were she thought she'd be able to <laughs> if she put in google earth she'd be able to wave to us or that we if we wave she'd ring up and say i'm on google earth are you on the beach can you wait <laughs> It's so funny. And she so used to search all the places she'd lived and grown up all, all her life and have a little walk around the neighbourhoods to see they've changed. She loved it. Couldn't, couldn't do anything else on it. Could never find an email or answer an email, but she'd spend hours and hours on Google Earth. Jane, what have you been up to? What's your week look like? Oh, well, it's, it's going to sound heavy but it's not um I actually um had three days to get out of my studio um my studio has been closed down which is happening to a lot of studios at the moment so anybody else out there that's um had the same issue um yeah so I was told very last minute and the owner of the studio has um had to close it um but you know, I had a lovely weekend in a way because my my son and I went in and um, first of all, this is going to sound really mad. This is a reflection of me. But anyway, first of all, this is like a, a ballet stroke fitness studio and all the music in it would be played, would be ballet. And um, I used to go in and play my music. But what we did is we stuck Nirvana on, played it really loud and it's a no-shoe studio and ran around it with our just dance like nutters around the studio <laughs> the nirvana and it was so cathartic it was just amazing so we did that and then we packed got all my stuff out and packed up and that was that was my my weekend was packing up the studio but I feel quite um kind of refreshed this morning and it's like I've got a new start so I'm here today um, with you guys and um, it's like I'm starting a new a new leaf turning over a new leaf and starting a new part of my life so it's all good <laughs> oh wow you're right that's going to happen to so many people and yeah. I'm I am sorry I know you're saying it's good I'm sorry that you're having to deal with that because it's stressful enough but you're right it, it's like anything's now I always think when something ends it's like oh what's going to happen next yeah yeah that can be quite exciting and we've been throwing so many curveballs, haven't we, over the last year that this is just another one. And I now am going to turn in a different direction. And actually, I don't know where that is just yet, but mm. I'm cool with that. It's all right. It's, isn't, it, isn't it amazing how, you know, I think before lockdown, we were so used to kind of being in our sort of, you know, silos of work and it having to be in a certain way. And now literally the rug's been pulled from underneath us all. And it's yeah. like anything's possible in a way, isn't it? You know, it's just about having the time to be able to, to think about what you want to do and, you know, having the having the the kind of the drive to want to do it. Because I think yeah. it takes a lot, doesn't it, to keep pushing things forwards. Um, it's quite yeah. funny what you were saying, Jane. I I sometimes on a Friday, I'm in our studio all day. And obviously, similar to you, you know, it's very quiet and you know, there's normally yoga music going on, and you know, there's a real kind of atmosphere. And I have sessions that I see people privately, and in between the sessions, I do this thing called camp fit, which is basically like gay kick fit. <laughs> <laughs> so I put the music up really loud. <laughs> <laughs> this guy called Carl who does it is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I think if anyone could see what's going on in this studio right now, you know. <laughs> I think I'd like gatekeep fit. I think I would too. Well, yeah. Actually, sorry, I've said it wrong. It's not gatekeep fit, it's LGBTQ keep fit. <laughs> it's, I... for, it's for everybody. It's hilarious. 
he just does it's basically aerobics but just with lots of double entendres and really funny names for all the different dance moves most of which i couldn't say on here because they're far too rude but <laughs> i want to have a go at that i'm gonna have a go right? i'll send you the link it's hilarious send me the link. in fact oh. why don't we put carl's link on when we send this out so everyone, yes. so everyone can have a go <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> Do it. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I'd be so fun. I can't bear any kind of exercise where I'm not being distracted by something. Unless it's yoga or going for a walk. I need to have, even when I go to the gym, because I quite do like quite go like going to the gym for my hypermobility. I'll do the weight train, um, which I haven't done for a year, so everything hurts. I don't why is it? I can't do it at home. Like at home, I've got all the weights, but I will not pick them up. But I'll go to the gym and do it. I don't know what that is about. Anyway, I listen to podcasts at the gym rather than music. I was just going to say, actually, Dawn, I think this is a really good segue into actually what Jane is doing with the work that you do. Because actually, the reason I do that thing with Carl is because I feel really uncomfortable as a gay man going to keep fit classes. But I quite like it. Because actually, I think it's fun. I like the music. I like the freedom. I like to dance. And I haven't been able to go out and dance with my mates. So I was like, I need to find something sort of fitness-based that is fun. It is a bit irrelevant and a bit camp. And you just don't get that. You know, so actually, Carl's created a niche for LGBTQ people to be able to come and do fitness together in a non-judgmental space with the type of music that we're in we're into and lots of drag references you know and actually that's come out of lockdown you know and actually for many for many and i'm going to say the word queer because actually that's how i identify myself but for many queer people it's really hard getting into fitness because you feel not part of the group you feel isolated yeah you know yeah. especially for and I can only speak from my experience, but from a from a man's perspective of being in that hyper-masculine environment is really intimidating. And it's somewhere that I really don't want to go. So I haven't done it for years. Um, but actually stuff like this now is fun, you know, and and has made me feel I could go and do something like that. And, but and I think, yeah, it's amazing because that, 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 but that's the whole beauty of online, isn't it? And I, I was talking to someone else about this the other day is yes we miss that kind of close contact with people and but, but the diversification that we now have with online is huge I mean there's so much out there for us to be able to do um, and you really can find something that's for you as opposed to going to a gym or whatever is available in your local area you've got the world now and 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 that's that's fantastic really fantastic Absolutely. And it's so important, you know, yeah. the, the people that are running these sessions, you know, they're, they're, they're running them because actually maybe themselves, they wasn't able to get those gigs at those gyms or, you know, certain, you know, brands wouldn't promote them because actually, you know, it didn't really fit in with how they wanted to look or, or you know, how the old world of fitness used to, used to think. You know, but actually everyone needs fitness in some way or another, whether it's walking, whether it's running, whether it's doing camp fit, whether it's yoga, you know, we all need to find ways of keeping fit, especially now more than ever, because we're locked down, you know, so finding ways that are appealing to people and being able to recognise yourself in people that wouldn't normally get those platforms is amazing. It really is. There's such an image uh, uh, that we're led to believe fitness is about um, and and it's so it's so wrong and it hasn't changed I mean Dawn you know we've known each other for a long long time and it hasn't actually changed that much since 30 years ago when we were we were doing it you know and um, and it is starting to change and I think this year is whilst there's been a lot of hardship and a, a lot of awful things happened there's been there's a lot of good that can come out of this year it's, it's just a sea of change and um and i think there are so many positives to that I, I i really do i really do what do you see is changing then well i i, I think um there there's a real 
dominance in terms of of market share in 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 the fitness industry and and if you or perceived market share so so this is something that that was kind of born out in 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 why i i got so incensed about what's happened recently for 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 fitness instructors for yoga teachers for everybody um and and that's the fact that there is an assumption that that gyms is where it all happens you know and it's not it's gyms are only 35 percent of um fitness provision 65 percent is done in little studios in community halls in church halls in leisure centers by independent instructors who work for themselves and we do the majority of it you know it's a very small part of it is actually in gyms for that very reason Daniel you know people it's accessibility as well and accessibility is 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 not just about you know it being around the corner accessibility is are you welcome there are you invited in there and and a lot of the time no you're not and 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 there is a real image with gyms and I and I can remember when gyms first really started I mean this is going back before I knew you Dawn because when I was literally 15 16 I started going into gyms because I was really into fitness because I didn't really fit into the sports kind of um side of things because I was I was a good all-rounder at sport and I always used to get picked for teams but I wasn't I didn't love team sports in in a huge way I loved running and I used to get picked because I was I was I was mad on running so I was a good runner so I was quite fast so I could get picked for teams to do stuff but I was never very skillful at it but I could, you know, I could run up and down a pitch quite happily to the end of the, the end of the match and I could occasionally pass the ball. But other than that, I, it was just it was just running and fitness that I was really into. And uh, I used to go into gyms there and it was such a male dominated domain that the only women that were in there were bodybuilders. And they were the only women that felt comfortable in that environment. Um, but I learned so much from them, from them because they're they're you know, a lot of the stuff that I would have said to you dawn when we met would have come from what i learned from those those bodybuilders but but women in general were not not accepted in gyms at all uh and and when they were and when they did become accepted there was an image that came with it mm. that is, is is really really not not good not good and it's still there that image is still there it's yeah so i would true. sorry go on daniel i was just going to say it's so true because you know I'd love to go and do a Zumba class, but I wouldn't go and do it because I would feel the outsider. I would feel intimidated to walk into that space. And the Zumba classes are there because they know they're catering to the women, but also then you get this whole divide between classes that are much more male-dominated or female-dominated. And actually, we need to look at that diverse picture of actually who is the type of person that would want to do that rather than it being this is for you or this is this is aimed at you, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the way imagery and <laughs> words are used to draw people in is, you know, it just, it's such a narrow margin, isn't it, for, you know, the type of person that would fit into that group or that class. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and we need to change the images uh, and, and we need to um, think about what makes it more accessible, you know, and, 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 um, and how we can do that. Um, and this is, this is, this goes to self-efficacy. You know, you, when you, when you look at access and people wanting to move and being feeling at one with moving, um, you have kind of, kind of like external factors and you have internal factors. So intrinsic and extrinsic. And, and the internal stuff is, is self-efficacy. That's your belief in yourself. And, and you have a lot more belief in yourself when you're around like-minded people uh, and, and, and feel at one with the people around you. And you can't do that. You can't have that belief in yourself if you're around people who, who don't, you don't feel at one with. And, 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 and that's really, really important. So you've got all these external factors, which is the imagery, the, 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 the environment that you're in. And, and that's something that anyone providing any type of class needs needs to be thinking about. And people don't think about that enough either. You know, how do, how can you make an environment really inviting? Um, uh, and that's why, again, it goes back to why the, you know the home stuff really works because you're in your home. 
you know, you can feel comfortable in that environment. And and if you're on a Zoom call and and you know that there are other people there that are similar to you, but they might be across the other side of the world, you're going to feel much more at one with that group and you're going to have much more belief in yourself um, than, than if you, you're walking into a room where you just, you just don't know anyone and it's a strange environment and it's just all a bit weird. Why do you think people are, why do you think that's happened? Like that like the industry is very youth led, I think still. I, so I'm sometimes astonished by it. Like I've got 30 years experience. I'm very, very highly qualified and trained. Somebody will go and do a two day course and they'll market themselves up. And because they're 25 or younger, they'll, there seems much more hype and interest around this youth obsession and the, the images that come across versus experience and wisdom. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think that's about? I mean, is it just, is it just the youth obsession or? No, I think, I think you're right. And, and Daniel, I'd be interested in your opinion on this because I think women are viewed in pockets and, and I, and I don't know whether men feel the same about this and different, um, you know, if you, if you, when, we, we see ourselves at a certain age and we don't see ourselves younger and we don't see ourselves older. We don't look beyond that. So we're pocketed into, particularly in marketing, we're pocketed into groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so if you are, you know, in your twenties, you're only ever going to be interested in people who are in their twenties. Why would you be interested in someone younger or older when actually we should be and, and women's communities and this is my obsession with women tribes is is that that actually they consist of of women of all ages and and that's what makes them work yet yet we we in our society put people into into different different pockets and and again that that goes back to what we're saying about how you feel comfortable you know it's one of the reasons for that is because we don't see ourselves from an age perspective as as being younger or being older and and if we actually had a perspective where we were quite comfortable in seeing ourselves as being someone who was older we would be more happy to have an older instructor you know i've been i've been working in pre and postnatal field for for 15 years well no longer my son's 16 so 17 when when i was pregnant with him i i did my first bit of really focused training and um uh, on on pre and postnatal and I've kind of delved into it into a into a big way um and now I'm older I've got all this experience behind me and I see all these other women who are currently pregnant and teaching exercise and yet they are the ones that are seen to be the ones that should be teaching women who are now pregnant not me who's now 52 and postmenopausal <laughs> and all the rest of it but but you know, I've, I've got all that experience and there is, we've lost something there. We've lost something in that, in that real re- respect of different ages and seeing women as all one woman. I even get, I even don't like using the word girls because I think, a, a, you know, a two-year-old is still a woman, you know, because she's, she's got that life ahead of her as a woman. And, it, you know, it, it, I know that's a sound silly, but it's, it's just, it, it, it puts us into pockets when we do that. And I, and I I think that if we didn't, we would we we would get on a lot better. <laughs> just just reflecting on what you've said from a from my perspective, um, I think when I think about ways that men are presented in the fitness industry, you never see someone that's skinny. And you never see someone that is overweight. But that doesn't mean they couldn't be fit. It's about body image and that their body looks like an athletic and toned body. And that, that I think, is the big stumbling point for many people. You know, for years, I fitted into that skinny category, whereas actually I wouldn't ever go in a gym because I was like, I felt so intimidated because my body wasn't the same as 90% of the other people's bodies that were there, or they were the only bodies that I saw. And you certainly don't see men with a paunch or men, you know, that are bigger bodied 
on any form of advertising at all. It's about per- perfection, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if you then relay that then with the queer perspective on top of it, <laughs> you then have so many problems whereby the queer community don't necessarily fit into those stereotypes of male or female. There's a whole binary nuance that's happening where actually, you know, I, I see myself reflected a little bit in the, in the man advertising, a little bit in the female for advertising or women's advertising, but actually a lot of it, I just don't see myself fitting into at all. So therefore I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so then the effect that it has on your mental health is significant, you know, because at school, and Dawn knows this, but at school, you know, being made to feel you couldn't do the team sports. So football, rugby, hockey, was all out for me because actually it was it was ultra masculine and threatening, you know, to the point where I'd get homophobically abused by other people. The stuff that I wanted to do, which was probably netball and swimming, I wasn't allowed to do that. Or you could go swimming like on the two days of the year that the pool was open, you know. <laughs> but actually this whole thing around just fitness, just generally just being more diverse and more open and not having to be gendered and not having to have a body shape that does this or does that or not having to, you know, fit in a certain way. And I think, you know, it's a massive shift that needs to happen, isn't it? It's huge. You know, we need to start doing it in schools. We need to start doing it in all fitness places. Yeah. You know, it's a massive thing. And that just needs little to things like, um, you know, athletes, female athletes who have a higher level of testosterone are, are, are being told that they can't compete because of that higher level of testosterone and that therefore they can't compete as a woman, which, which is just ridiculous. It, it just drives me crazy that, 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 that anyone would even think that mm-hmm. um, or vice versa or in any way, you know, and, and, and it's, it's it's ridiculous that 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 we live in a society where you you can't whatever however you identify yourself that, that if that's how you identify yourself that's you then we need to listen to that and and it goes this this is across the board on absolutely everything you know if if something and this is the race issue as well if 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 someone feels that that is 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 racist or misogynist or whatever it's it's it's, that's their feeling that they have then it is it Mm -hmm. is full stop you know why are we even you know and and why are we even questioning it and there's a lot of that questioning going on at the moment and this again comes back to pocketing people into different kind of um you know we're separating people we're 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 moving people into different you know this is what politics has always done um but from a from a community perspective and from um nations and all sorts of aspects we are we are we are dividing people by not actually accepting that if someone feels the way they feel that that's how they feel and accepting it and 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 believing them you know there's there's, this real kind of um you know feeling of of whether well, they can't be right and they're sorry if that's how someone feels that is right and you have to respect that um and there and this is this is where that you know the, the the idea of rules particularly in in all sorts of areas from 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 sport to um you know the the idea that that um women can't do be be doing men's sports or mixing with men and vice versa it, it's 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 just it's just wrong it needs to change you know it needs to be, have a different a different feel for it because society isn't like that and we know that we're living in a world now where we are accepting these things so so there are so many things that are need to be turned upside down i feel like um i feel many things which we haven't got time to discuss but i feel like um <laughs> We still we live in we live and I don't know how long this has gone on for 
Um, but we live in a world where it's all about sales. So it's what sells and what sells still is youth and image. And people are aspiring to an ideal, an idealized version of themselves, whether that be slimmer, younger, tighter face, higher bum, bigger boobs, smaller boobs, whatever, it doesn't matter. But that is, you know, marketing is, and, and in sports and in fitness, it's still all about that. It's still all about, you're not, you're very rarely invited into a fitness space or a well-being space to be as you are and to be the best as you are. You're there to achieve a goal. So you're on a journey to somewhere and, the, the, and you know, and, and, and there's an investment in you not being okay because if you were okay, then why would you continue doing it? And so for me, that's the, um, that's what needs to change, that outlook and that way of presenting fitness as a goal just as you are, just like, how can you inhabit the body that you've got in the best way possible today? You know, obviously, if somebody's like super duper unhealthy, part of that process of being in your body today might be to awaken to the fact that was actually, I probably need to do something different so that I have a better quality of life, not so that we become some perfect, idealized body that other people are, are happy to look at. I mean, what do you what do you guys think about that? Oh, I mean, I have really strong views on this. And this is this is research born. This is like from from a sports science perspective. If you actually look at, at what being fit and healthy does for you, what movement actually does for you, the benefits from from a, um, reducing all sorts of health issues far outweigh the, 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 the outward body side of it. And we've got it all wrong. And, you know, only last week, um, uh, the the leading women's magazine uh fitness magazine called women well health magazine uh, it's a women's health magazine put on their instagram feed uh, a picture of a girl looking one way and then looking another way it was one of these selfie type images where she she looked a certain size and then she looked another size and it's this before and after type of thing and but what she was talking about was her mental health. And she was talking about how by, by doing all this exercise that it, that it had really made a difference to her mental health, that she was really depressed. And that was, that was what she was talking about. Yet the magazine put up this, this image of, oh, she looks like this now, and now she looks like this. Mm. And, and, and therefore, and so of course, everyone was gonna be drawn to it. So all the comments on that Instagram feed were, oh, you look great now. You know, but that's not what she was talking about. And what we've got to do is, is we've, we've got to, to actually look at what the big benefits are because the, the, how you look is, is a side. That's, yeah, you know, yeah, well, you, you may look a little bit different. You may look a bit more toned. You may lose a bit of weight. But let's just chuck that out to a side um, because actually, if if you really focus on these other things, that will come and it will come permanently if you if you so wish and that is your where you want to go with it, it will happen. But if you if you focus on your mental health, on on eating to improve all sorts of things in your life, you know, looking at, you know, I I, I always always say you 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 eat to 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 energize, not the other way around. You know, you you want to look at positive nutrition. And how that can help you in 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 being able to move rather than moving in order to 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 eat it's got to be the other way around so if you look at it from that perspective yeah you're probably gonna you know look better anyway but it shouldn't be the focus it should never ever be the focus yet it is um and we need to come away from that i was just going to say jane that the yoga industry is at this crux point right at this moment anyone that has done yoga for a set period of time or maybe if they've only done it once they will know it has a difference to your mental health and if you go back and read all about you know the 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 yoga scriptures that are thousands of years old is all about different practices and that could be moving, that could be breathing, that could be the way that you focus your mind, that could be relating to the people that you spend your time with. It's all about how your mental health is affected by that. And in the last 30 years, yoga has been turned into a fitness fad, 
<laughs> effectively. And so you've got, you know, you've got this really unclear and unbalanced message about what yoga is about with scriptures that have been around for thousands of years that are now just being ignored so people can stand on their head <laughs> or chuck their legs up or yeah. do a handstand or, yeah. you know, do a do an abs challenge, you know, to give them the toned stomach and the thin thighs that they've always wanted. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of that, but it's about you've completely dumbed down what has been around for so long just due to marketing and making money out of it. And, and it's been around for so long and it's survived for so long because of that. But if, and if we go down this, this fitness industry route that yoga has been kind of, kind of slotted into, which it so shouldn't be, um, you know, then, 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 it's 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 going to go in a like a little vicious circle and it's going to stay there and that's what the fitness industry does i see it you know i've been in it long enough to see that it just goes around in a circle and you have fads and you have kind of things that people want to do and it's like oh we were doing that 15 years ago and they're doing it again now mm-hmm. uh, um and and it doesn't evolve um uh and yoga has evolved for for, for centuries and and it's it's so important that that it's able to continue to evolve yeah and absolutely i mean away. the great the great the saving grace is there's many people who you know have the, i think that the fitness side of it currently is like a kind of hook in you know it brings people in and then they actually realize oh my anxiety is a bit better (laughs) or my depression's not quite so bad or you know that grief that i've been dealing with feels like it's lifting a little bit and who knows what causes that whether it's the food whether it's the breathing whether it's the exercise whether it's the meditation whether it's the talking where you know there's all these different elements that add to us feeling weller within ourselves and actually you know it's up to those that have now found that alchemy that works for them to be able to then hopefully share that with others which you know it seems like again lockdowns given this opportunity for maybe people that didn't have this voice to get a bit more of a voice or be able to get out what they've been trying to do potentially um yeah absolutely and it and it goes back to our ideals and you know if 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 we are told that yoga or a fitness class or whatever will help you to lose weight look a certain way then then that's perpetuating um um a a belief um you know and and this goes back to my my female tribe that i keep coming back to is is that but if we are nurturing our our young boys and girls to see life in a way that actually isn't about that and, and how we influence people is so, so huge. And one of the reasons I, I work with pregnant women and I, I want to get the powers that be to understand that when, when you work with a pregnant woman, she's at a time in her life when she has more contact with healthcare providers than at any other point in her life. So she has the opportunity, there is an opportunity there for healthcare providers to really talk to her about her health and her wellness. But she is also the nucleus of the family. She's, she's mother, she is pregnant, and she also has a huge influence on the rest of the family. So if you get her then, and, and, and you get her to think about her health and her wellness now, then she's going to influence the rest of the family, and then that's going to have a knock-on effect, and then we've got the whole family, and then our whole, you know, everyone's health improves. Um, and, and, and she, that pregnant woman, is so, so, so important, not only because... And I know this because this is why my, my work, you know, actually if a woman who moves in pregnancy is going to have a, a, an effect on the health of her, her child. Um, we know that now physiologically, actually, you know, when you're, when you're moving, your baby's moving with you. Um, but the, the point of it is, is how she then influence. And that influence is so, so, so important because that's what takes it away from this materialistic body, you know, you know, seeing your mother stand on a set of scales basically and that will influence you for the rest of your life and this is what we what we need to need to change i think it's time to stop shaming people 
into trying to do something different and making them feel less than because they don't fit into a marketing's perspective of what a healthy person looks like. I mean, I've enjoyed watching the transition from skinny to strong. I think that's been positive. Certainly my kids all train and they're all far more interested in being strong than being skinny. Um, they're all, I'm not going to say what they are. It doesn't matter what they are. They are what they are. They train and they weight train and they want to be strong in their bodies and that's really, and fit and they want to be fit for their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things you always used to say. You always used to say to me, it's about being fit for life. And I think that's absolutely key. And I, I want to come back. We're going to, I'm going to move the conversation, tweak it very slightly because I, I do want to talk about this is that what we do as an industry, and that industry is heavily female, actually, I, I think it's fair to say, is we we engage people to be fit for their life. And that is, um, and when you're fit in your body, you're fit in your mind. Those two things come one and, you know, together. Science is now showing that, you know, if you want to keep your brain sharp, move. That's going to be more useful to you than Sudoku. So move, you know, do something that charges, um, gets the old neurons moving, uh, coordination helps, all that kind of stuff. So we do this incredible thing for society. And yet we are looked down the nose at. Talk to me about Boris. Mm. Boris. Boris, <laughs> I really bloody don't like you very much, Boris. And I'm sorry if that's not the right thing to say. I'm disgusted at what you shared with me. So talk to me about Boris and why yeah. that started you going. So I, I um, was watching Parliament and a briefing, a COVID briefing um, about a month ago now. And um, it was about introducing the new the new set of rules and how we would come out of lockdown. And one of um, the MPs um, had a question and his question was um, was there because he basically had to because he had so many of his constituents had mentioned and he did use the word Zumba. And I wish he hadn't. I wish he'd said fitness or yoga or something else, because I'm sure it wasn't just Zumba. But anyway, he mentioned the word Zumba and he said, I've got so many of my constituents wanting to know when Zumba is going to return and when can they start doing their Zumba classes again? And Boris had to answer this question and he mumbled, swerved and did his usual divering. Um, absolutely didn't understand whatsoever. Um, and there was the word Zumba and the idea of fitness um, and a community of fitness, you know, women dancing in the village halls or whatever. I don't know what it was, but every single, as far as I could tell, there was a tittering, a laughter that, that, that followed when this, this MP had finished speaking and as Boris was mumble swerving through his answer, which was really rubbish uh, and he didn't really have an answer. Um, and it got me so cross, even the Speaker of the House, who's a Deputy Speaker of the House, who's a woman, I could hear her voice when she next spoke, you could hear in her voice that she was laughing at us. And I just thought, you are laughing, you are laughing at us, you are laughing at, you know, a, a community of, or an industry of people who, mm-hmm. and there are, there are around um, 70,000 instructors in the UK, and it's, it, it could be more than that, it could be less, but it's around 70,000 potentially group instructors who serve 4.6 million people every single week with their classes. 4.6 million people come to our classes every single week. And you've just laughed us off like we're not important. And you have absolutely no understanding of what we do for people's physical and mental health. So I got so on it that, <laughs> that I, um, as you can tell, uh, that I submitted a petition now I haven't had that petition back. Um, I don't know if it's going to be accepted, but the petition was for Boris to apologise for the way in which he treated us and to also offer us some kind of help. And I and I said right at the beginning of this chat, I've just lost my studio, and this is what's happening to us. We are self-employed um, fitness instructors. Uh, we get no furlough. Um, m- many of us aren't able. I'm I'm a um, director of a company, and I earn my money through dividends. So I can't do self-employed help, and a lot of people self-employed didn't get help anyway. So, so we've really, we really have suffered, and we've been put group exercises been put right to the back, and we can't. You know, you can go into a gym on the twelfth of April. You can go into a gym, and hang on a minute. Why is a gym where there are people sharing the same pieces of equipment, and in a gym you could get up to thirty people spaced up, yet 
We're not even allowed in a room space two meters apart where there is very little equipment that's easy, easily cleaned all in one go because everyone's doing it at the same time. Why can't we do group exercise? You know, we all know what, what benefits there are to group exercise, whether it's on a Zoom or whether it's in that, that group coercion. And the, the, the thing that worries me even more is the groups that need it most, which is the elderly population. My mum, bless her, she does try on a Zoom, but she really doesn't do very well on it. They are the people that need it. You know, they really need that care and that attention um, and, and, they, and they can't get it. And that's, you know, this is really serious for people's mental health. And, and so, yeah, so I got really cross about that one. <laughs> it's so it was so patronizing. I think that's what when I listened to these, this segment, I felt really patronized. Yeah. And, and I think as a female, I often feel patronized. I've been patted on the head so many times literally and figuratively as a female in a way that and even in our industry Daniel is treated differently from me and to be quite frank I'm more experienced than Daniel I mean Daniel's incredible done a lot of training he's incredible what he does but I've got 15 years on Daniel and yet he's treated completely differently from me because he's a man and it pisses me off like we should be true. We, we do an incredible job for society. And let's all be honest, all of us, we all, how much training do you guys do? I mean, I do, I pro, I spend thousands on CPD every single year and it costs a fortune. And I do it partly because you have to do it to stay insured. And partly because I want to make sure that the work that I'm bringing and the information I'm bringing is helpful, useful, current and relevant. Otherwise, um, I'm not really servicing my community. I wonder how much CPD the MPs are doing. I wonder how much CPD Boris is doing. I wonder how invested he is on the outcomes of what he's putting forth into the world and into the community, or is he just thinking about the numbers? Because that's what it feels like right now. And, you know, let's, and if you want to actually get into the numbers, Boris, maybe I'll send you this, Boris. Actually, our industry feeds lots of other sub-industries that we could talk go on about. I'm not going to go into that because I can't be bothered. But I feel I feel angry, I feel disappointed, and I feel patronised. And you know what? I bet you, Jane, have been doing this too. Daniel and I have held our community together over lockdown. We've given away free staff. We've given reduced price staff. We've supported everybody. So they've had somewhere, a point of contact to come to every single day, seven days a week for the whole of lockdown, even through bank holidays. There's been a place where people could come online and not just do a class, but then hang around and chat for a little while afterwards. If people are vulnerable, we've kept in touch with them. We've done NHS um, and uh, key worker, you know, five pound offer. We've run bursary schemes. I mean, huge amount to support the mental health of the community and to be laughed at and patted on the head by Boris. I am really, really cross now. Is this just about this industry or is it about women in general? Daniel, I can see you need me to let you speak. I, yeah, I, I don't think necessarily it's women in general. I think it's a misconception of certain industries because this isn't just the fitness industry this has happened to. If you look at the way that the arts have been treated mm. as well, there's a devaluation of things that the government see as less important to our country. So therefore they've been shoved to the back. Mm -hmm. And what I think is ironic about it is fitness and the arts allow people to express themselves and allows people to connect with others and supports people's mental health in mm -hmm. various different ways and actually it's a complete oversight to not have realised that actually these, these two industries are vastly important for the well-being, a mental well-being of a vast amount of our society. And I think that is actually, you know, the bigger problem of what has, what has been overlooked. I mean, it's disgraceful the way that, you know, both of the arts and fitness have been treated through this. You know, there's been lacking support. There's been, you know, people have lost jobs left, right and centre. And actually it doesn't, it didn't need to have been like that at all. 
and 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 you're and you're right, Dawn. It, clearly, he hasn't done his homework, and he doesn't do any training, and he doesn't it because he just doesn't understand. He doesn't get. He doesn't get people. <laughs> full stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, and and a, and a lot of a large majority of the cabinet, I don't think, get people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so out of touch. It's just it's it's just un, untrue. Um, and I and I know not all. M- I my MP, my local MP, is is really good. Um, uh, and she certainly is in touch with her particular community. Um, so it's not all MPs, but certainly at the top, they're just, they're absolutely just n- no, no understanding whatsoever. And I, I just, I just hope the petition gets accepted because if it does, I know I will get so many signatures. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, I'll have to go by a change.org or something and, and, um, and, and do it that way. But if I can get a parliament petition, it means that then they have to, they have to answer to us so that's what i'm hoping it comes through well i hope it does and if it doesn't then you know we'll support you all the way with whatever goes next but it, it needs to be a fundamental change i mean i agree with you daniel it isn't just women but i think as women we are patronized we are put down and we are sidelined and we're seeing that in the bigger conversation of what's happening in the world right now i mean there's two things that come to mind that i want to talk about in brief i want your point of view on this jane this dreadful murder that just happened in um, in London, Sarah Everard, this poor woman that was murdered. And then the outcry that has come since then, where women's lit, the lids come off and women finally are starting to really vocalise how unsafe they feel. And, um, and also, and for me, it's very much, I've had this conversation a lot about how I am referred to and spoken to by men and some women, actually. It's not just men and some women. You know, how we were spoken to, how we're sidelined, how we're, we're belittled, how we're joked about. Um, that, that's, that's, that conversation is starting to be had. And then we've had the protest that's happened and then this bill that's been released, they're trying to suppress our right to protest. And I find all of this really concerning. It feels like two things are happening. We're standing on the cusp where the lids come off, people are starting to talk and conversations could be had that could change everything. But then somebody's trying to put the lid back on and say, no, down you go, back you go, back in your corner, run back to Zumba, which we're going to close and not help you reopen. Yeah, I'm being, I'm being flippant, but that's how I feel. What's your, what's your take on what's going on right now? I, I, I feel the same. I, I, I feel that, you know, it's, it's this, this, is, this is where I can say, you know, I think there's a, a massive energy shift at the moment. And, 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 the, and this is the same with, with, with Black Lives Matter. There was, there was, it's, it's there's what's happened to to Sarah is is awful, and and I, I'm just gonna say this because I I used to live on Brixton Hill and I used to walk exactly the same route that that she she took that night, and and it hit it home to me more than than anything else what happened to her because I walked that road I, I I've, I've I've done it and I've done it late at night and and the emotions that that, that brings out is just just unbelievable and you want you need to talk you Mm. need to talk and people need to listen and so anything that suppresses that is is really bad because if people can't talk then then that turns to anger and that turns to rage and 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 this is this is why you know the the conversation part of it is so 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 important and if only bloody if only Boris would realise it, um, you know, that, that that's what people need to do. They need to talk then, then, and that's what they should be doing. They should be providing outlets for that to happen and they should be listening to people. You should be listening and you should be making room for us to speak and to grieve because actually what's happening is women are starting to say, all women from all backgrounds of womanhood, are starting to say, I have, I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. I don't feel respected. I, I don't feel like if something bad happens to me, so, anyone, someone's going to be held accountable. And it's almost like a woman's life and a male's life are, are not valued in the same way. You know, our industries aren't valued in the same way. And um, our worth and what we've got to see isn't valued in the same way. And I don't know that we're prepared to put up with it any longer. And I think suppressing our right to protest and our right to have that conversation is going to cause phenomenal problems. I think it's going to be dangerous, actually. I mean, my, my husband and I had long conversations about 
everything that's happened and about he had no idea that women felt the way they feel he hadn't even entered his remit and and I said well you know how often does someone send a sexist joke through an NFR chat we've got like these group chats I'm forever I'm forever getting not nasty horrible sexist jokes that men think are funny and I just don't laugh and don't say and I said I've never said anything for years because I just thought oh well what's the point you just then say I haven't got a sense of humor but actually all of that stuff's very insidious and the longer the more you send through and laugh at comments that degrade women the more you're feeding into a culture where men think it's okay to treat mm-hmm. some men think it's okay to treat women as sex objects, as something you can touch or rape or grope or murder or belittle or stop them having a full life, you know? And I think, I think as women, we're not prepared to do that anymore. No, and, and, it, and it goes back to, you know, if, if someone feels that way, they should be able to speak about it. Like you shouldn't feel that you can't say about those comments on your WhatsApp chat, you um, the jokes or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, not jokes obviously and, it, yeah. and it, it's you should be able to say and people should be listening everyone needs to be able to feel they can talk and speak about these things and not feel because that's that's the suppression that's what women have had for centuries and it's and this again goes back to black lives matter it's just, it's that that feeling of something that's that's not just been in this lifetime but has been in every every life you've ever had and it's in there and it needs to come out and Daniel I'm sure that's the same for you as well you know we've we've got these spirits inside of us that are centuries old and 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 it and it needs to it it needs to be heard yeah it's so interesting Dawn and I were talking about this the other day and you know I disclosed to Dawn that actually I feel really threatened around Mm. masculinity I really do, you know, and I'm not the, I, I, I'm with you. I walk home with keys in my hand. I plan where I'm walking home because I feel scared, mm. you know, and that isn't, that isn't, that isn't because I feel, it, yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's, it, it's, it's such a threat, isn't it? And you can't, you know, you can't, you can't explain to anyone else what that threat feels like until it's happening in front of you. But, you know, as an effeminate gay man, yes, I feel really uncomfortable walking around on my own and I'll do it as little as possible. (laughs) And I think, I think the thing is, Daniel, as well, I'm sure I'd be interested to see if you agree with this. It's like my husband said to me and he he was really good. He really listened. Well, he had to because I ranted for three hours. But then he kind of got it. I said I sent him the Jamila Jamil um, tell me, tell her tell him um, essay, which he really got, and he shared with a load of his friends. Um, and and we had that conversation. He said, "I have felt frightened in my life." He said, "But I don't usually." He said, "But occasionally I do." I said, "We live in a constant state of being on alert because you have to. We're just so used to it; it's our normal." And what I would like to ask, because I think we're going to have to wind the conversation up quite soon, is how do we, because like in our industry, the yoga world, there's a load of discussion now about how women and, and some men, but most, more women have been sexually abused within the yoga industry. It's a big thing. It's a, a lot of stuff is coming out. Lineages are being pulled apart. Um, and we, we, we talk a lot, Daniel, about how to make our studio and our retreats and our workshops accessible and safe for everybody. So Jane, in terms of you know what you're doing, because you're working with Nike, I know you're a consultant for Nike, you were part of the new Nike advert, which was incredible. I found it really moving actually, and really hopeful. It made me feel hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you like to see going forwards, the world of fitness, yoga, well-being industry to be safe and inclusive for all people? Just just making sure everyone has a voice and is listened to it I keep on going back to this but it but it's 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 kind of you know it's 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 so so important that we um whoever we are we we have to have to know and and um I know Dawn we had this conversation about emotional intelligence and I personally believe it's 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 kind of it's almost like a full statement because it's something that you can't learn it has to be present and it has to be a a part of us because it is a part of us 
but we dampened it down. And that's society that's that, that's done that. And the more things like that that Nike had, and I know it's a commercial brand and it's Nike, but they they they've done that because they've needed to listen, mm-hmm. uh, and they need to continue listening. And that 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 advert that that I was involved in is 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 very much them now um, understanding. It's kind of like you get that that feeling of release from it because it's like oh they get it they mm. finally get it that one piece of information which is about motherhood they finally get it the relief of that is 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 phenomenal it, like it takes this weight off of your your shoulders mm. and, and everyone needs to be able to feel that and the only way that's going to happen is if everybody listens and and we we accept our emotions and i love i love talking about this in our bodies we always talk in our industries about proprioception yeah that connection to our muscles and uh, and how we need to improve our proprioception that connection from nerve response from brain to muscle to in order to, for it to connect and go get stronger uh, and contract better and lengthen better and release um but there are for we, our bodies are covered in fascia you all know about this and um every instructor anyone who's in the industry will, will know about fascia and how it connects the body. Well, in the fascia, for every uh, one receptor, uh, proprioceptive receptor you have, you have something called interreceptors. So for one proprioceptor, you have seven interreceptors. Interreceptors are controlled specifically by our emotions. So that one receptor that controls us from a, from a, from a mechanical nerve response, contract the muscle, is there are seven that are emotionally connected and our bodies move through emotions. And, and, and that's so, so important to understand. And if our emotions are not listened to, then we don't move as well. We don't function as well. Uh, and, 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 and we don't live as well. Mm. That's so true, Jane. There's a great book and I can't remember the name of the guy, but it's called The, the Body Holds Score. And it's, I really recommend it. We should get that stuck in the, um, what's it called, Daniel? Stuck in the notes when we send out the, the podcast, but people should read it, it's great. And it is, if you are emotionally in shock and if shock isn't processed, it holds in your body forever until you process it at some point, then your body tightens up and it seizes. And I think one of the beautiful things that, about yoga practice is because it's a, a global practice. So we work with the mind, the breath, the body and our awareness. So we are given an opportunity to really pay attention to how we're feeling. So it's not trying to get to somewhere other than you already are. So in our practice, we are where we are. We're tuning into our body and how we're feeling via fascia, via breath, via emotion, via our intention. And, and then we really can, once we've got that information, you can do something with it. You can do something intelligent with it to look after yourself. Daniel, you want to say something? I was just thinking about um, our friend, Lisa Horwell. She always says, you hold your issues in your tissues. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, spot on. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Perfect. She's right. <laughs> oh God, we got so, we have so many more things I want to talk about. You're going to have to come back, Jane. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, we, we, but Daniel, do you want to ask Jane the final questions? Oh, yes, Jane. Obviously, we've talked a lot about how the industry is maybe, you know, pushes you in all different directions, both positively and negatively. And how do you navigate your way through that? How do you take care of yourself through those, through those, um, Peaks and troughs. <laughs> oh, well, I, I I think it's taken me a while to get to to where where I am now, and but certainly the biggest thing to look after yourself and is to listen to yourself above everyone else. You know, I'm talking about us listening to other people, but you have to listen to yourself. Um, and I'm not a religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. And um, on that note, I'm going to quote that oracle of all oracles, which is Yoda. <laughs> um, and I love a Yoda quote. So, so um, fear, we, we live in fear a lot of the time and we, and, and we are driven by fear and, and our worlds are driven by fear. And as Yoda says, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger, which leads to hate. 
hate leads to suffering. And I would add on top of what Yoda says, I would add to that leads to suppression and separation. You know, so we have to tackle fear and often that's within ourselves. And one of the ways of getting rid of that fear is to listen to our instincts and, and to really listen to yourself and trust yourself and trust your instincts, because often that will tell you the right path. That's wonderful. Our, it is wonderful. Our bodies should tell us, don't they, Jane? The minute something's not right, we can feel it in our body. We tighten up, the breath gets short, we feel uncomfortable, we feel something changes. And listening to Boris, bloody well did that for me. <laughs> exactly. I need to listen more deeply to the problem I have with Boris. And I have to be beyond politics, if I'm honest. Oh. oh, thank you so much for coming on, Jane. It's been oh, great. Pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. It's been lovely. Thank you, Jane, so much for being here. And um, thank you for Dawn as well for being here. Um, if you enjoyed what we were talking about, please do leave us a review on the Apple podcast um, page or app. Um, you can also find us on Spotify and Podbean as well. Um, if there's anything you want us to talk about or people you'd like us to talk to, then please do let us know. Um, next week, we are chatting with a lady called Julia Davies, who um, runs a online yoga forum called the Yoga Teachers Forum which offers really amazing um, trainings for yoga teachers to increase their CPD allowance. So Dawn, you can have a chat about. <laughs> oh, more CPD. No more CPD. <laughs> I was doing CPD until half past like 11 last night, Daniel. I'm not doing it anymore for at least a month. <laughs> we can just talk about it instead. Well, let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so Julie is with us next week, but thank you so much, Jane, for being here today. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye now. Bye.